Hello, hello. It's another case of mixtape and identity, and my guest this week is Jordan Barr. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 68 of Mixtape and Identity with Jordan Barr. So Jordan is a comedian and also a host on Triple J, which, you know, after 40-odd Australian guests, uh, that's very exciting to me <laughs> as, as I'm in Belfast. So, uh, yeah, a joy to have Jordan on. I had a really, really fun time with this list. Uh, so some, some songs that have been, let's say, staples of the show now, which means they've been on twice before and some brand new ones so i've been obsessed with that beep um by architecture in helsinki but especially uh, nothing matters by the last dinner party uh, it's incredible um so yeah i had a really really good time with this with this list uh, if this is your first time listening and you don't know what i'm talking about we're going to talk through a playlist uh, a series of categories of songs the songs that we're talking through is available as a playlist on spotify you can find that in the description of the podcast there's a link right there um, and yeah, give us a follow on Instagram as well for any and all updates on new guests, clips from the show, uh, episode drops, all that good stuff. And I only really pay attention to Instagram in terms of socials, so that's the best place to follow me. I had an amazing time with this episode. Jordan is hysterical. I had a really fun time recording this. Uh, so yeah, it's a great episode. Not much more to say about it. We'll dive in. This is episode 68 of Mixtape and Identity with Jordan Barr. listen to music at the moment Jordan I listen a lot uh mostly because I've been recently started working at a radio station <laughs> that okay. plays music um, right. um and not only just there but like because it's um it is sort of the the it's a youth focused um radio station it's triple j in Australia and there's a lot of music on there that I especially because of like um, apps and things like that, the music streaming services and things, I find myself caught in a loop. I'm not bringing in as much new music as I would when I would used to listen to radio all the time or when radio was my main source. And it's actually been really great kind of going back to that because it forces you to take in different tastes and stuff like that. So I've been listening a lot at work and also a lot just trying to keep up with the kids, <laughs> stay relevant. <laughs> Yeah. Do you get any involvement in what goes out at all? Not really. Uh, most of it no. is like you get a selected playlist before you go out. Sometimes if you're doing a later shift, which is the ones that I've been doing, if there's like, um, if there's opportunities to like, if, if you're not talking as much, so the hour needs to get mm-hmm. filled, they will let you put in a new song that you really like and they encourage you to talk about it and stuff like that. But um, I'm still very mm. much picking from the the playlists that have been, that have been selected before because I don't want to suddenly drop a new song by some other artist, which would be great. If I was more confident, I would do that a lot more, but I get a bit uh, self-conscious about doing that, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think... A lot of people have said even just doing something like this where they're putting like a playlist together can feel very self-conscious about just sending it to me and then putting it out in the world. But like on a radio station where there are 
a lot of people listening right there and then yeah i think i would i would shy away yeah i think (laughs) oh yeah absolutely especially like if they um and i think the the illusion is that the like and some of the if they're music shows or if it's a dj that's created a mix or something like that they are very much in charge of curating the playlist like that's their job but for me i'm more of a content um radio host so they don't they're like not her she's not allowed and i also (laughs) studied musical theater at uni so i feel like that rules me out of any decision making when it comes to music because i've proved that i cannot be trusted um so yeah i think that um if i if yeah if i had more flexibility in that era it would area it would only stress me out more like you said it's your taste is on display and that's yeah so full on it's like when you see like wedding videos and stuff like that and it's like whatever song they choose to walk down the aisle it's like you're summing up your entire personality and relationship with ed sheeran (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'm scared of everybody judging because i'm so judgmental (laughs) do you know what i feel the same yeah i have the same thing yeah yeah um yeah because i i have the same it's any any wedding so any wedding video or first dance that has that bruno mars song about wanting to get married and i'm just like really there's no there's no further thought process for there you've just you've just heard the word married in a song you've been like yep yes that'll fucking do yeah and like especially if they're is that if they're doing it at the wedding and the song is like i think i want to marry you and it's like you're done (laughs) sarah papers signed The sentiment be, of the be song. Definitive. Yeah, yeah. You've misunderstood the lyrics first and foremost. It's like when people sing um, "Hallelujah" in a church, which is also fine, but that song is about sex. Yeah. <laughs> Fully. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm here for people singing a song about sex in church. I think yeah, that's I think better. I think like it would healthy help. for yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you didn't like dance to Ed Sheeran at your wedding or something, Shane. Like, I feel like I've just come on in with a strong opinion. <laughs> no, do, do you know what? That it was risky. It was risky. <laughs> uh, but no. Okay, no, good. There's no, there's no Ed Sheeran. The, do you know what happened in our wedding? Actually, this um, we uh, so my my wife curated a lot of the a lot of the music, and basically, I'd say the theme was if you've heard if 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 you lip sync to it on rupaul's drag race it's in the playlist right so she had like incredible disco songs great vibes um that's perfect there were some people coming to the wedding who were very excited about it right so we we had a a band play and then they did the 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 dj thing afterwards um which is it's bullshit by the way it's typically just someone with like a spotify playlist and they sit in the corner with their phone yes and it's plugged into the aux cable anyway (laughs) he he got on the mic, right? So we sent sent him the playlist and said, like, this is the vibe. Basically, if you pick, like, I think it's like six hours worth of, worth of songs, you pick any of these songs, we'll have a great time. And he got on the mic afterwards and said, uh, um, made, made a joke about it and said, like, if, you know, if, if I play all the songs the bride sent me, then we'll be here till 6 a.m. Ha ha ha. And then played none of them. Played, like, like every white person at a wedding song the, like the most generic no. shit that we really wanted to avoid yeah and like i'm not judging people for, uh, for um having whatever you want but like 
we were very clear when we were going through it. We don't want Mr. Brightside. We don't want Oasis. Yes. The fucking Vanga Boys. And then all of those songs came on. And look, people had a good time. But yeah, for us sitting there, we were like, this is not, this is not the vibe. And you also couldn't um, have made the job any easier being like, here, uh, here's like, we've over curated this. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. He literally could have taken the playlist and hit shuffle, and then literally. like that's his job done. And he's he's getting I don't know uh, five hundred bucks for it. Like it's uh, oh. it's wind me up. Um. Anyway, no, that uh, would have I would have I would have absolutely raged if that were me, especially because yeah. again, because we've been these little bitches before, where we've been like, oh, <laughs> Wonderwall, great, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah. so you're like i know yeah. there's like someone i can't go and explain this to everyone here it's like when you yeah, have like exactly. a really shit spot and you want to just explain to everybody why you bombed <laughs> it's like right yeah yeah no you can just bomb and go home you don't have to over explain everything to everyone yeah yeah anytime a new song came on i was just watching for like who's rolling their eyes yeah i'm gonna go right up to them and be like didn't want the, i didn't pick this this wasn't me this is this is him this is him roll your eyes at him mm-hmm. don't don't look at me yes um but yeah um so going back to the playlist then so mm-hmm. um uh, you mentioned briefly pre-record but how, how did you find putting the list together for this one i it, it was really fun i think that there was some it was really interesting the questions that uh sort of the prompts in it, especially when um, the one where you were like, what song makes you think of someone? I think mm, that that's mm-hmm. like a really nice, um, nice question to ask. I saw another, it's just kind of a tangent, but I saw an interviewer, um, I think talking to like the Oppenheimer guys about like whether, what um, he was like, this movie made me reconnect with my like grandmother and like stories of the war. Is there any movies that made you connect with other loved ones? And I yeah. like that kind of, questioning is really interesting where it's like oh what like how does this like link to like relationships and stuff like that but then also just like fun ones or like um the questions that remind you of a place or just like the first cd that you bought and stuff like that it's yeah Mm -hmm. i found that really interesting and kind of fun and it's it's interesting that what like i filled it out pretty quickly like when i sat down and actually did it um right okay it took like no time at all and not because I was in a okay. rush, but because I was like, yep, this one, yep, this one. And I think I changed one Excellent. of them, the cover I changed. Um, right. But most of them, like the first one that came to my head, I was like, yep, yep. And I re-looked at it as well because I was like, did I, like, am I trying to catch a bus? Like, why did I get through this <laughs> so quickly? But, um, yeah. yeah. It was cool. All right, perfect. Mm. Um. I love that interview with uh, Kevin McCarthy, I think his name is. Yes. Yeah. TikTok. And uh, he's so good. Yeah. He's, he's great because every time he asks someone a question, they're like, thank God you've asked me something interesting and <laughs> yes. something I can think about. And, and like, they literally will say it. They'll literally just be like, honest, this, this is the most boring day of my life and you've brought something interesting to it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, my answer is, yeah, I, I love him. I... I fear at some point the internet is going to ruin him. Um, so, something's going wrong. We I don't, can't I don't have anything is, nice. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> I've been talking about this recently. Like, like anything that is like nice or wholesome on TikTok, like people just like crowd around it and crush it like a little bird. 
like that um if i were a fish song it was like really nice at the yeah. start and then people were just like give me all of it and then it, yeah it's just it crumbles in your hand it's yeah so, yeah especially it's intense the the tiktok songs are like out of control because i th- i'll hear them and i'll be like that's from tiktok and then i'll hear them on the radio and like i think last year <laughs> yeah in the the hottest 100 the countdown that they do every year they um mm-hmm. there were so many songs where i was like this is a tiktok song and i wouldn't have right. I, I would i never think about it as like actual music and my partner's yeah. not on tiktok at all and that if i were a fish song like right when it had crumbled for me as well when it was overdone yeah. and i'd seen it all my partner goes yeah. have you heard this song i'm obsessed with it <laughs> and it became their like morning wake up song and i was like oh, i'm no. gonna be like if I were a fish, I'd want a fucking hook in my head. <laughs> like, it just, it's like endless. But we will we, we'll ruin that, that, that man, Kevin McCarthy, somehow. He'll go. Yeah. I don't know how, but we'll destroy him like we've destroyed everything else. Yeah, absolutely. He'll, he'll get his own TV show or something and it'll just, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, something, yeah, oversaturated for sure. Um... Right, on that note. Um, <laughs> so we'll dive into the playlist. Song one is a song you fell in love with straight away. So you went for Black Britney by Miss Canina. Yes. Oh, that is my, that's my like motivation song now. I just think it's like, it's so good. It's got such a great rudder underneath it. Um, and uh-huh. like, also it's just like very unapologetically black, which I think is so great to hear. Um, mm. There's a lot of, great black artists um uh, and first nations artists in australia and i think that this one is just like and i think that it's a song that you know you like for me it's like empowering and, and positive like I, i'm not i should state i'm not first nations i realize this is a audio <laughs> platform and the way i just claimed it not um sure. my it, i just find it super empowering and it's really incredible and also just a great song regardless Mm. um but uh i know that like there was like an older middle-aged woman who was listening to the song and was like god the world is so angry and it's like what (laughs) babe grow up you're fine you are so fine um but yeah just one of those songs that like the second the first second you hear it you're like oh my god because it starts with that like doom doom it reminds me of a subtract song that came out like in like 2012 that has that same kind of like low rudder like constant beat very like uh mm. kind of like bad guy billy eilish like mm. that mm-hmm. vibe yeah 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 absolutely i i really enjoyed the song like yeah I, I, like the, from the from the first moment that dum, 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 yeah, as yeah. You said, like it's it hooks you straight away it's so good um the lyrics I found funny because I, I I was thinking about this when I was listening to the song, and I think if I heard those lyrics spoken to me, I think some of it I would find to be incredibly irritating. Yeah. But in a song, I'm like, yeah, absolutely, go off, Queen. See that, like they say, Miss Canina, you're you're very loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like in a song, I'm like, yeah, this is great. If someone said that, like, if some, if I heard, saw someone say that on TikTok, I'd be like, we well, probably are loud. Maybe just be a little bit more considerate. But in a song, I'm like, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. I mean, that's like the the case of like so many lyrics, especially when it's like um, self affirming and like, um, yeah, kind of 
like that this is not that but like sometimes when you hear like uh it's almost like a the way that she she wrote it is kind of like a diss track in a way as well Mm. like the Mm -hmm. the way that the lyrics um and the rhymes come out it's pretty incredible so i feel like yeah if you heard someone actually speaking like that in real life you'd be like what is going on (laughs) is everything okay yeah Yeah. oh it's it's a great song though um i've had it high rotation like i I stick on these playlists a lot but um before i um before i listen but um I've had other playlists where I have jumped in at a particular track that I've really enjoyed. Mm. Um, you know, like when I'm going back and I'll like, okay, no, I actually really loved song nine, so I'll start there and I'll go back. Always happy to start on song one with this. Like it's yeah, yeah. it's a good, it's and it's also it's just that kind of like sets the pace for the day. Yeah, I yeah, gotta play absolutely. it after this. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Get into it. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Song two is a song that took you a while. So you went for Satisfaction uh, by the Rolling <laughs> yes. Stones. Yes. I was very much a Beatles girl in the Beatles versus Rolling Stones competition that nobody invented except um, teenage girls <laughs> who were trying to out quirky each other. Um, sure. I, yeah, I think that I just didn't get it. And Satisfaction in particular, I was like, I just feel like I would get so impatient with the song and like the repetition in it i didn't love the drumming and i just think that it became like a prime example for me when i was in that rolling stones beatles debate which i would begin myself um (laughs) i don't know i never found myself in it i was constantly searching for people to argue the point with me um yeah i would use that as an example because i thought it was like poorly written i was like it's not poetic blah 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 blah. and then like with maturity it's it's an incredible song (laughs) like and just the stones in general i just don't think that i wonder if it's like a it's like a palette thing like when i was younger i just couldn't i needed to hear like lyrics and a story and like choral stuff Mm. not that the stones don't do that but like it just didn't sit right with me and i think also mick jagger wasn't a very compelling leading man for a 13 year old girl i was like he looks like me but shriveled (laughs) i was like how does he look young and old and why is he talking about (laughs) satisfaction i was like shut up you're gross (laughs) you know so i think um once i got on the stones train embarrassingly late in life I enjoyed a lot of their music, but in particular this one, I remember I was like, why did I hate this? Right. What was that? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's a great song. I am. Um, I was funny. You said about the, the always start in the debate that you can tell a mile off when someone's doing that. Yeah. You know, when someone's just like, so what do you, what do you think about Donald Trump? You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Can this is, you, fuck you want to start a fight. <laughs> you want to start a fight. exactly it's very like <laughs> christmas lunch vibes like they just like chime in with like a you'd like that wouldn't you wouldn't you and you're like oh my god i don't know what to do with this yeah yeah absolutely um <laughs> uh but yeah like so i, I didn't know until the the thing that I was introduced to later in life was that there was some kind of split between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones because, I, like I I just 
I don't know, I missed that in the zeitgeist. So yeah. And when I heard it, I was very confused because to me, these are two very different bands that, I, like, I don't really get why you can't enjoy like both. Why it has to be one or the other? It's in, it's um, a, it makes zero sense. We're just like right constantly trying to like divide the world and it's like yeah (laughs) they're incredibly similar they have very similar like some of their stuff is so different as well like um Mm -hmm. but they were born of the same like era i guess with the beatles just being like a like a little bit older but like you can just enjoy both of them like no one's telling you you can't enjoy adele and beyonce like that's not a debate that has to be had i guess maybe like Maybe it was like more of a debate when it was when you really had to choose which record you were going to buy. And that was like where it was born from. It's like, are you going to buy Stones or the Beatles? And I guess like Stones definitely were a lot. The way the the image of them was like a lot edgier. Like the Beatles were doing all the same shit, but like they were neat boys. Like. Nicer nice, packaging. Nicer boys. I mean, John Lennon was, yeah. you know, an, a domestic abuser. Um, but <laughs> nice boy image. <laughs> what a lovely boy. We love Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Not problematic in the slightest. No. Um, no. All right. Speaking of, song three is a song from Introduction to Music. So go for John Lennon. And yeah. Boy. <laughs> I knew he was in there. I forgot that it came up so early. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was a John Lennon stan. I, I can't like, I always forget this, how much of my personality and how much of my music taste when I was younger as well was born from just the Beatles in general and and um how, like how unique i thought that was only because i was younger and obsessed with them whereas like most people were a little bit older but then i again grew up and was like oh they are the biggest band in the world (laughs) oh this is like the most the least unique thing about me and about like my family enjoying the beatles is literally (laughs) the most basic thing you can do but i was obsessed that Across the mm-hmm. Universe movie came out as well in my teens and that became something that I really latched onto. But yeah, Beautiful Boy and the uh, the Imagine album in general was mm-hmm. a real staple in the car. I really tossed up between, this is one of the few questions that I like kind of f- uh, went to and fro on because it was either going to be um, this or uh, Four s- Seasons in One Day. Why have I forgotten the name of the band? They're literally one of the biggest bands ever. Um, New Zealand, they are boys. They are Is it crowded, crowded house. house. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The second I heard you say, cr- I was like, done. Um, <laughs> crowded house. Don't let them finish. Sorry. Yeah. Between Crowded House and John Lennon, just because they were such staples in the car. You know those like car road trip songs? Yeah. And because you could only have... Yeah, absolutely one CD in at a time, you really devoured an album. Um, And Mm. I still listen to music like that now. It's like if there's a new album that's come out, 
it's usually not till a long road trip that I'm like, I'll start, um, go from start to finish and churn through it. But yes, John Lennon, that Imagine album and Beautiful Boy in particular, I just thought it was such a, an incredible song. Little did we know mm. that, sure, Sean is a beautiful boy, but he cut Julian off so much so that even in his will, he didn't allow him to have anything. Right. <laughs> and Hey Jude is actually more of the compelling fatherhood song written by someone who is not even his dad. <laughs> Incredible. What a guy. If John yeah. Lennon, like, mm. not saying that I'm glad that he's dead. I would never say that. But... <laughs> Do you, what horrific yeah. things do you think he would have said if he was still alive? Like, <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just think I never I, thought about that. He would have become like, maybe he would have gone down like the Clapton stream, or maybe he would yeah. have just become like kind of pro, he would have been pro Trump, I think. Like a real, like, um, libertarian. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Anyway, glad he's so dead. So maybe it's good. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. I shot him. <laughs> Re- really, really, uh, you did him a favor. Yeah. By shooting him in the head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. it was kind of, I feel like. Princess like... Diana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. It's exactly the same. Um, yeah. I think that maybe it was like good to have that uh, realization though. Because, you know, that song had. Went from Beautiful Boy, Imagine, the album. And then it also had um, Jealous Guy, which is right truly one of the most like red flaggy songs I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> right. Where he just openly... It's a bit of a self-report. Yeah, being so violent um, right. and obsessive. But then he brings out Beautiful Boy and I was like, man, this, this album is really, really showcases how you manipulate the people in your lives <laughs> with <laughs> hard and strong. Ah, and the other thing yeah. um, about Beautiful Boy, have you seen the movie Mr. Holland's Opus? No. It's a really, a very Oscar baity late 90s film, but still very beautiful. Okay. And it's about a music teacher who has a deaf son and he's a really influential music teacher. He um, kind of... Like, you know, he's, he's it's like a Coach Carter type story, Freedom Riders, where it's like a guy comes in and he changes people's lives and stuff like that. And he's obsessed with music, obviously being a music teacher. His son is deaf. Um, and one of the most, one of the more beautiful points in the show is him is a, at a concert signing beautiful boy to him and his son signing back. And I, as a kid, oh. I was just like, I think that's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Mm. But yeah. yeah. Very Oscar baby um, though. <laughs> yeah. S- sounds it a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I re- yeah, I, re- I really enjoy this song. I So I typically, when I'm listening through the playlist, I don't really pay too much attention to the lyrics and like the detail of the songs. In mm. the first couple of listens, I just listen to get a, a vibe. Um, and was very relieved when I did start paying attention to the lyrics to hear him say darling sean at the end because i knew that was his son yeah up until that point i was sort of half paying attention to the lyrics and then i was like i was like what what, what is this <laughs> and because he because there's a bit where he says like i can't wait for you to come of age and i was like what what in the what beach boys saying? is this like, what what 
Uh. He's in his cancelled era. Yeah. I forget, I forget that there's that perspective too. I've always known that it's about his son, so I never thought about it being right. like, why are you thinking about this young boy coming of age? That's so funny. The coming of age thing is is still weird to me. I don't know, like, cause for, like I have a, I have a two year old son, and I can imagine singing this song to him, and like that being a very beautiful thing. But any parent knows you you are not looking forward to your your child coming of age. You're like, stay young for a long time please this is going too quickly yes absolutely I, yeah yeah and no one's been like I, I can't wait until you're a shitty teenager and you hate me and move out well do you know what i think that is i think that that isn't john lennon being a bad dad um <laughs> he's not really present he's not helping right. out at all and he's like i can't yeah. wait for you to come of age so i can like hold a conversation with you or borrow some money <laughs> like that's his thinking. He's not enjoying yeah, the sure. precious moments that you are because you're a good dad. So you're right. like, God, stay young, enjoy childhood. Yeah. Whereas he's like, right. when can you start contributing? <laughs> I I want someone in the house who can go to the shop and buy me cigarettes. That's yeah. all I want. Yeah. Just get on with it, please. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Oh, man. Uh, all right, song four is a song that makes you happy. So you went for that beep. Yeah, yes, I did. Architecture in Helsinki. Yeah, uh, I. It, it like instantly, very nostalgic song because that came out when I was, uh-huh. I think, in year eleven or twelve, and it was one of those songs that okay. my friend showed me because like her older siblings had shown her architecture in Helsinki, and then I got it. And then it was also right. playing on the Jays at the time as well. And it just like, it was one of those songs that like, as soon as it came on at a party, we went to schoolies and we would put it on. And then I have this memory of us all just like going into the kitchen. It was just a group of girls and like dancing to that beep. Um, and there were all these like boys around at the house who we were just getting to know. They didn't really know us. And as mm. soon as that beep came on, we were like, do, 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 and dancing around. And it's just like, yeah, it's just a real like feel good kind of, it, and I feel like it really encapsulates that like that era of sort of poppy but alternative music as well, like in that kind of, right. uh, you know, very kind of, quirky but it doesn't lean too hard into the lisa mitchell kind of like do you have a dolly dolly kind of sound it's like not that sure. oh god i shouldn't shit on lisa mitchell what i really like lisa mitchell as well but there was like she set the tone she started right. she's the og and then it became there was a lot of people i found trying to uh try to artificially create that vibe um right. and then architecture in Helsinki just like and I think there's like like 400 people in that band and they just come together and like oh really there's, well there's there's a lot <laughs> I think oh no. yeah I, d- I wasn't taking that <laughs> I, was, I didn't know there was I didn't know there were a lot of people in it. there's a few and they're all playing like different instruments and they're all like and it just feels like like someone has like controlled a, a music class and right, okay. manipulated a music class with ADHD and like let them create something, <laughs> which I think is right. cool. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Excellent. Had you heard that song before? No, 
Um, what did you think? No, I hadn't. I really, really liked it. <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it. There's a bit of a, like um, Electric Avenue vibe around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. like uh, really fun. Really fun energy. I, I yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I particularly enjoy the um, the the low note. Yes. Um, towards the end, a bow, 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 which is like it's it's very fun and it's fun to have a note to aim for that you don't feel stupid if you miss it <laughs> do you know what I mean like 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 high notes like like, a, like uh i will always love you i i'm missing the tom hit and i'm missing the and i and i always feel stupid when i miss both yeah this bow, bow, bow. like i'm close i'm not quite hitting it but i don't feel like an idiot when i don't quite get to that note do you know what i mean do you know that's so funny because i have a theory with music that you either release a song like I will always love you and you know I immediately thought of that as well when you were like you know when it's too high and I was like I will always love you <laughs> it's too high yeah. you either release a song that is so impressive like that mm-hmm. yeah or you have to bring like the tone down and make it like fit in with like even Adele and Florence and the uh-huh. Machine their vocals are incredible but their range yeah. remains within what you can sing in the car like mm. without fully straining and i think yes that's the recipe for a hit yeah absolutely yeah you can take a good run up at yeah. rolling in the deep yeah 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 yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. she warms you up as you're going yeah. along whereas i will always yeah. love you dolly didn't dolly didn't um give us any warm-up you the way you jump is incredible in it. do you know she wrote jolene and i will always love you in the same night yeah yeah i did not like uh, yeah absolute madness imagine imagine just I... walking around doing that <laughs> i just I mean, you made a cake yeah. though yeah <laughs> did. that cake I is did your jolene yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> i think we talked about that pre-recording so oh sorry yeah yeah, yeah. context yeah <laughs> Yeah, for for the listener, I made a cake this evening and we talked about it before we started recording. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I've I made it for a friend and I'm going to present it to her tomorrow and say this is my Jolene. Yeah, absolutely. And you couldn't quite get around to your "I will always love you." The candles could be the yeah. "I will always love you." <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, there's there's icing. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect analogy. We 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 nailed that, Jordan. I know. Um. But yeah, that um that beat that bow bow bow. It's yeah, it's such a fun song. Uh, I will keep this in rotation. It's nice to have a song from that era as well that I haven't heard because like I feel like there was a lot of I probably would have been into this song or this band because there's a lot of that sort of uh landfill indie. Yeah, you know yes, term? yes, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, with that yeah. kind of washy sort of everybody's trying it trying to yeah rather than committing and i feel like we i feel like we're out of that i think we can mm. say like right because it was just an oversaturation yeah but I, yeah but I, I feel like when i go back to those songs like so many of them are bangers like so many of them i absolutely love and and would never get into the band they're just like a lot of nice really nice one hit wonders um yeah yeah, but yeah, it's nice to have like something from that era that feels fresh to me. So yeah, so yeah I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. All right. Song five is a song that makes you sad. 
So you went four into my arms by Nick Cave and Bad Seeds. Yes. That was the one that I changed, I think. Yes. And I changed it for something else later on the play, so never mind. I won't spoil. Oh. But that one was like, I um, I just get... it. it I, I have too many friends say that that would be their funeral song. Um, but it also... Oh. I've heard someone, a few people say that they would dance to that at their wedding, like as a first dance thing as well, mm, right? which I think is kind of poetic and beautiful too. But it's just a, um, I think it's one of the best songs r- written, um, in my opinion, just like in, um, definitely out of like an Australian artist as well. And just like the, the concept of it, the, the premise um and how like gentle it is too Mm -hmm. and it just makes me it it, and used in the right context the way that i talk about it with friends and stuff like that sometimes listening to it i just want to cry because it's Mm. it's just incredible and also just like the tragedy of to lose two of your sons um too far out so sad um and then this song being in your works in your previous works it's just like fucking devastating it makes me want to cry yeah Yeah. used to be uh you know well not so much as an adult but when i was a kid i used to if i really you know how when you you'd want to cry. You'd have to coax out a cry or something like that. And you'd like watch a movie or like listen to a song. Um, and this is very teenage girl core, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) yeah. Tears of falling in heaven was also, cause that was like just the story behind that. I was like, Oh my God. Um, that'll do it. That'll do. Um, but yeah. I feel like that's a real cry one. What's your cry song? Do you have one? Um, yes, I do. Um, I have a song called "Bird Is Bored of Flying." Uh, oh, already want to cry <laughs> just from the title. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is quite sad. Um. All right, so I the poster behind me that my um, favorite band ever uh, is a band called Frightened Rabbit, uh, mm-hmm. a Scottish band, and I I'll try and keep this brief. the 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 lyrics um that uh, Scott Hodgson, the lead singer, wrote are incredible. He, I he's a a poet like an insanely gifted. Um, but struggled a lot with his mental health. He spoke a lot about that in his music, about like uh, depression, suicide, really sort of dark themes. And for me and a lot of other people, like really, really helped with, you know, getting through my depression or getting through, you know, different, mm. uh, other people's challenges. Um, And I think 2016, he sadly took his own life. Um, And... The song "Bird Is Bored of Bird Who's Bored of Flying" was a song that he released. I think it was released after he passed away, but it was something he was recording. It was him and his brother, and then the two brothers who are in the editors. Speaking of Landfall Lindy, yeah. and uh, 
um bird is border flying when you listen to it in the context of what happened is very transparently a song about um from the perspective of a man who has given up who yeah. um you know uh doesn't want the attention or fame that comes with being a musician uh hasn't asked for this doesn't want to doesn't want to, to do it anymore um and then ultimately that's that's what happened so the song itself is quite raucous but uh yeah a- anytime i hear it i i need to um I, I, if i don't turn it off straight away it will yeah yeah it will, it'll get especially me i think that that's like i mean there's songs that do it just without without the context and the story behind it but as soon as you have that sort of attachment to it or like of course yeah. it just like you can't help but just um let it overwhelm you but also like bird is bored of flying i gotta listen to it after this actually maybe i'll not do it today maybe i want to be in a good mood today (laughs) but yeah sure it's also just like i feel like that perfectly encapsulates like kind of like what depression or what suicidal thoughts do it's not like it's yeah I i was talking to a friend of mine who really like struggles with it and she was saying it's like not often it's like not like this big over emotional thing but it's just like she's like damn i don't want to go to work tomorrow you know what i could do (laughs) it's like you know a really easy way to get out of work um and just the idea of like boredom and that Mm. like and being bored of doing the thing that you were like put on the earth to do like a bird flying damn that's beautiful shane (laughs) yeah yeah it's rough um but yeah into my arms um it has it's been on the show a couple times before um of course I think I agree with you that it's one of the best songs ever written. Um, every time I listen to it, I'm just head over heels. Um, I I I think the 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 vulnerability and the I think you said gentleness, but the um mm. like the the softness to it is just beautiful. And um, I think the other thing for me is that like I've I've like had conversations with my my wife around this, like um so like i'm i'm an atheist and i also don't believe in like fate uh for example but she she does um Mm. and there are just certain things in life that like being with her is is one of those things that would bring me closer to a belief in faith Mm. um and I i i feel a lot of that in that sort of in in what he's saying as well like this sort of i don't believe in god but it's kind of like on the off chance please keep her close to me that like yeah and i think yeah i like being an atheist there is also like there's there's a lot of doubt that comes into that and there's a i think there is a lot of vulnerability in in saying like this is what i believe but i could be wrong and if i am wrong I, I need yeah. to reach out to this higher power so yeah it it makes me feel a lot of stuff yeah and I, I think it's like a, a it's a maturity thing as well where like uh 
because uh, I'm the same. Like I'm I'm an atheist, but I never want to be a know-it-all atheist. You know, right? Like yeah, I like at the older I get, the more faith makes sense to me. I still am sure. certain in like my own beliefs, but you know, the as you get older, you see things, you learn stuff about the world. I'm like, of course, people have to believe in a higher power or believe in fate, believe in astrology, whatever the fuck it is, because it's like nothing makes sense, and right. to. <laughs> Yeah. Have something to hold on to, to give meaning to something. Like even me, like I started reading about astrology just basically for a comedy show. But now mm. every so often I look at this app that I downloaded and if it says that like Mercury is in retrograde, I'm like, oh, thank God. It's not just me. <laughs> like I'm like, of course, of course it is because everything's a mess or something like that. But like, right. yeah, it is. I think that's the other thing that I really enjoyed. And the, also the importance of... um like you were saying, like valuing how other people feel about things like fate as well, or believing in like a higher power or whatever being like, I like when he says, but I know that you do, there's Mm. something about like the simplicity in that lyric. I tend to shy away from like really like overly poetic. So, you know, like, like heavily laced lyrics where it's like, the window shattered in my heart of little clouds. I'm like, I don't care. I love, I want to hear you singing the way that you speak. And like, yes, you know, like you can write out all that, you know, over sort of flowery language and then whittle it down from there. But like, I think that that's what makes this song Mm. so, so good is that it is just like, and it feels like the pacing is like, it feels like somebody who's trying to communicate something as well. Just the way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I think it's so beautiful. And it, yeah, it reminds me of a friend of mine and uh, like, and my dad and yeah. And it's just like one of those, I'm not surprised that it's come up in the playlist a lot. Mm. Cause it's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to summarize it. Um, <laughs> all right. Song six is a song to relax to. So you come for dreams. By <laughs> yeah. Man, what a band. Um, I forgot that I put dreams. Uh, yes. Great. Uh, it's also <laughs> a good mood song too. Like I could, right. I could tie that in, but it's just like, um, if I need to, like get out of my it's more a case of like get out of my head and just Mm. kind of like Mm -hmm. ease the heart rate get which is quite funny because it's not like i mean that album in particular but like it's not like the cranberries are particularly like relaxing kind of you know it's not yacht rock or anything like that it's like um but i think dreams in particular and it's used probably in pop culture as well and the nostalgia around that. And like, you know, it came out when I was born pretty much. Mm-hmm. Maybe just before or just after. No, just before because when was Woodstock? Anyway, but then um, the I think that, 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 again, like it's so hard to think about music without attaching some kind of memory or something to it. But that right. song and the Cranberries in general, I will just, I'll put that on and it'll put me at, ease um and it's just so uh all-encompassing and quite like the music in it 
was quite coral. And I think it also, maybe it like harkens back to the Irish heritage <laughs> in me, but that kind of like, you know, the call that she does yeah. is so like, that always gets me, especially from yeah. like a singing standpoint, even the way I don't sing as much anymore, but I did a lot. Um, when I was younger and I went to uni and, and studied it and ha- used to go to lessons a lot. But even the way that I belt, it's different to how, uh, and, and a lot of people, especially like, you know, especially Australian girls, because we're, our heritage is often Irish and Scottish, but the mm-hmm. kind of cricoid belt um, technique that we use is that of like traditional Irish folk singing that kind of oh, okay. call sound that you hear and the call sound that you hear her do in the cranberries. Anyway, beautiful song. Excellent. <laughs> Relaxing. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 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 Um have you seen Dairy Girls? Did that make its yeah. way over to Australia? Yeah. Yeah. It's huge here. It's huge. Oh is it? Okay. Yeah. Right, sick. But yeah, it's I it 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 always ties into um Dairy Girls for me because I the outpouring of emotion around it at the time was ridiculous like nothing else i've seen um the sort of yeah. the 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 hope around the peace process and the uh um look how far we've come kind of attitude to it as well but it's always tied into that um yeah for me so yeah there's always a certain um it's it's very poignant and then i i in, in turn I, I can i think i do find that to be relaxing as well because i think like you said like getting out of your own head like it just gives me something else to focus on it's like a little a little daydream of uh of happier Mm. times or like more hopeful times because um yeah i think that's totally it it's like it's the hope in it right and it's not and it's not like it's not like that song that's like I'm happy, clap along. It's not like that. <laughs> right. It's It acknowledges how difficult hope is. And also, I think it does that thing where like hope and anger are so intertwined. And I think that's what the Cranberries do. Like there's so much anger yeah. in their music, but it's also yeah. like overall, the outlook is optimistic and hopeful. And I think that's what Dreams yeah. does. And yeah, that final scene in Derry Girls. Yeah, I was in pieces. Yeah. Because it was just, it really, like, it just, you know, when you see something and you just feel like, a, it feels like a pin in your heart and you're like, mm. ooh. And I yeah. don't know fuck about shit when it comes to history <laughs> in general, but also, like, that era of history. It's almost, like, too close. You know what I yeah. mean? When you're like, we didn't yeah. study this in school because it's too close. And, yeah. um but yeah, I feel like you never have to apologize to an Australian about not knowing the history of your own country. I feel like we are the worst. <laughs> we are notoriously bad for it. Mm. <laughs> uh, I also yeah. realized recently, uh, and this is like, like a, a complete revelation for me, uh, because I grew up in a Protestant household, like our our school system is segregated in Northern Ireland. So if you're Protestant, you'll go to a certain group of schools if you're catholic we'll go to a different one mm. and i realized that our history classes like that would be a reason for it because we learned about things like the like the scottish plantation which is um like a bunch of uh scottish protestants were 
shipped over to Northern Ireland. Yeah. And, and given land um, and, you know, money and stuff to to, to start a, a home and yeah. to get up and running, basically. Um, and it's only very recently that it occurred to me that they were given land that was being lived on by Irish people who then yeah. had to fuck off somewhere else. And that that was never discussed in our history classes because it's obviously a Protestant perspective. So they're just like, yeah, um, they were given land and that was a lovely thing. And this is a thing that happened. And then years later, I'm like, what? We were the bad guys. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It feels like that moment in Peep Show where they're like, are we the baddies? <laughs> That's like... That yeah, it's it's like when I think about the the history lessons we got here, just being like, man, those poor settlers, they spent like three months on a boat, they all got scurvy, and then they finally made it here, and they built a house, and they built this country out of nothing. There was nothing, <laughs> and no one here. And it's like, <laughs> and you look, and I'm like, I was lucky enough that I had parents who were like, that's bullshit, <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> but like. If you, but I know what you mean. Where you're like, you in retrospect, you're like, why were we doing all this like shit about the old times where it was like, you know, I imagine Americans are the same. Like the Pilgrims came over and they just mm. started afresh and like built yeah. this nation. And you're like, hang on, we have skipped some steps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you mean they just came over and there was all this like fruitful land to plant on? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, it's psycho. But it is, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting, especially from like an Irish like Protestant perspective. The different schools things, you're right. The history is the huge part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. So interesting. Yeah. Bad times. Uh <laughs> anyway. Song seven is a song from your preteen years. Uh so you went for all these things that I've done by the killers. Yes. Uh love the killers. I love how excited you are by your own choices. This I know. I'm like fuck I'm good <laughs> because I feel I, like I just I'm, get me I just get me I'm proud of myself for not try. I think it's because I did like that's why it all came so quickly but I'm proud of myself for not getting too self-conscious about my choices of just being okay. like no this this is the song that does it and not shying away um right. and yeah the killers great love them Sam's Town was a real formative album for me because I mm-hmm. obviously loved Hot Fuzz like the rest of the world and then the got the next album from Sanity or whatever, the CD shop, and just listened to it all over, over and over again. And all these things that I've done is I had – it was a song that I just had on repeat because it had that, I got so but I'm not a soldier. And I was like – such a basic lyric, but as a kid I was like <laughs> – soul soldier they sound the same yeah um and i think it kind of i was talking to another comedian luca mala about this we went and saw the killers together um last year which is very funny because they are very mormon um okay and their later music is is very is is it's like hillsong it's it's um oh is it it's it's yeah it's god rock Um, and there was all this imagery and stuff around and there were lots of people in there that it was like oh this is like like I'm here for nostalgic purposes and there were a lot of people there who were like let's go Mr. Brightside and they brought they played all the hits they played all these things that I've done 
Right. And well, that was a great concept. But then every so every fourth or fifth song, Brandon and Flowers would like bring out something else. He at one point okay. he was like, "This song goes out to all women," and then that this image of like a very skinny, like blonde angel-looking woman, like laid across the screen. It was a very mm-hmm. static image too, so it was shocking. Right. <laughs> but it was like, like I was like, "Is that all women?" And then, um, <laughs> and then he was singing about how angry he gets, but she calms him down. And I was like, "Oh, bro!" <laughs> and I was like, "I used to be in love with this guy when I was a kid." But I think right. um, the interesting thing about Hot Fuzz in, in, and Samstown is, is it comes from a point in Brandon Flowers' life where he's having a crisis of faith, mm. and. And then obviously he's come back and he's been like, no, absolutely Mormon. But um, I think that especially Sam's Town, when you're like in, I was think I was, it was like the summer between year six and year seven. Um, and I started to be like, because I would like say, I went to a Catholic to primary schools. Um, I was baptized Catholic, but we weren't like, that was just to get into schools and stuff like that. And just tradition, it wasn't actually because yeah, sure. we believed in God as a family. But like as a kid, you kind of just do. And then later I was like, no, I don't. I think that's all a bit silly. I don't really believe in that. And then I think being in year six and year seven, a lot of people, I've and Luca and I were talking about this, you kind of be like, okay, so if I don't believe in God, then I don't believe in heaven. So now right. I'm grappling with like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Where, so this is it? And like as a kid, just being like, having this existential crisis, which I think sure. is really common in yeah. that, that age bracket and Sam's town and um, all these things that I've done slotted in so perfectly. And so yeah. that's why I really love, especially all these things that I've done. Also the Catholic guilt of it all. I know he's Mormon, but just like the, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. 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 Were you into the killers much growing up? Big time, yeah. Um, and this this is the album for me. Um, I yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people are like, I think with good reason. I think Hot Fuzz is like five great songs and then a, an okay album. Um, yeah. There's yeah, there's a couple other like really good ones in there. I can't remember. Is indie rock and roll on Hot Fuzz? Can't remember. I I like uh, yeah, and um, also Smile Like You Mean It and. Um, yeah yeah but smile like you mean it and um uh somebody told me is that what it's called yeah 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 i think those are in the first four or five songs and then there's a there, like there's some filler i think and then a couple <laughs> of great ones at the end but sam's down for me i think is like start to finish is like an incredible piece of work and yes yeah um and i, I was reading about it recently because i've i've had a couple of songs from from this album on the show and uh it's it's interesting that the, i think they find their sound when they were doing this album as well even though i say that they find their sound because they kind of went away from this in the next album but um <laughs> i because their their journey like artistically was that i think they were they're obviously las vegas based and their first album well hot fuzz they were trying to sound like they're from london and yeah. then somewhere along the way they realized that what's actually interesting about them as a band is that they're from las vegas mm. um so instead of trying to sound like every other london band they just leaned into their like their roots and their own sort of stuff and then produced sam's time which i think is yeah 
an, an incredible album. Um, I, th- I think they I found the song. sound. Yeah. It's interesting that you say they found the sound because I think they found the sound that we wish they'd stuck to. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This is definitely the peak for me. And then after, after that, honestly, like I'm, I, I didn't know that they really leaned into the whole Mormon thing because I've sort of, yeah, let, yeah. Them, let them do their thing over there. It's just not for me anymore. Yeah, that's. I think that's how I, I didn't realize. I was glad that they played a lot of their old stuff at this mm. at the concert because I was like, the, the newer stuff I just, I didn't know. And also right. I was listening to it and I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Very, yeah. 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 Um, have you seen the Bill Bailey bit about this song? No. No? Do you know Bill what Bailey? What the yeah. hell? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's the I got soul but I'm not a soldier lyric. Um he's talking about that in one of his shows. Um and it's one of those shows where he has the guitar out for most of the time. Um and he said it exactly like you said, he says like one of those lyrics that people rave about, but when you actually dig it out, it's like what does that actually mean? They're just two words that sound similar, that doesn't actually mean anything. Um yes. he said you might as well sing I got ham but I'm not a hamster. And he <laughs> sings that and I can't hear this song without thinking I got ham, but I'm not a hamster. That's exactly it. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just like... It's just a turn of phrase. Like, yeah. yeah. It was like they were jamming and they were like... So, and then they just really stuck to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the same reason I could never enjoy Fall Out Boy because all of those really long song titles only work on one level. They're, they were never that clever. Mm-hmm. It was just like really obnoxious yeah. and like the, the jokes for me just never actually worked yes uh sorry that's the, the, the whole fallout was is something that i really raved about an awful lot in like maybe the first 10 to 20 episodes and then decided i'm gonna let that go now because i've i think i've done that <laughs> just something something to me has just snapped again i'm like no actually do you know what fuck fallout boy do you know what actually i want to come i want to uh circle back to fallout boy (laughs) (laughs) i know you didn't bring it up it's not on your list but fuck fallout boy this is uh that's that's the killers covered off yeah absolutely (laughs) it's your this is your argument that you bring up that nobody else the world's always arguing about fallout boy it's like shane it's just you Yeah, just fishing for it. Like, Jordan, what do you yeah. think of the song titles on um, Under the Cork Tree? Do you think they're good? Oh, look, I think they're pretty iconic. They- Fuck <laughs> I you. Think I-, I think they're bullshit. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because so I think they're bullshit. Right, uh, song eight is a cover. So uh, you've gone for Hallelujah. Jeff, Jeff Buckley. Buckley. I'm yes. not the first person to pick that one, am I? Heaps of people. I feel like that um, would be... I think I think you might be. It's 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 maybe been on once before, but it's definitely not. It's it's not a super common one. I, so, I have a spreadsheet somewhere. Like <laughs> it's somewhere on here. Um, I, I uh, what did I put down instead? I can't remember. That was one that I changed where I, when I wrote out my first answers, and then I went back because I was like, oh my god, of course, um, because it is a song that like you forget is a cover i don't really listen mm. to the leonard cohen one much right. i actually do, i haven't listened to much leonard cohen in my life just missed it when i do though i really love it but i love his uh 
I love when people cover his work, I think, more than I like his original stuff. Um, But Hallelujah is, again, a song that is super nostalgic. It reminds me of, like, sitting in the car with my dad and singing along and that, like, that long note that he sings, the Hallelujah, and we would just, like, test our if we could hold it as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. See if we could get to the end of the, of the phrase. Mm-hmm. And, um, I could, what can I say? <laughs> and, and then, yeah, that whole album was very, um, this is a very important album to me as a, as a teenager. Uh, right. and, oh, he does lie like wine as well. Another cover. So funny. He's basically a cover artist. Um, my Like Wine yeah. is a very beautiful song too, but um, just a a great one and also fun for me because when it was in Shrek um, and, God, who does it in Shrek? Rufus Wainwright, also an incredible mm. version. Right. Wow, yeah, also a great cover, but it was fun for me to be like, I like Jeff Buckley's version, even though secretly <laughs> I like them both. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And I think Jeff Buckley's a very teenage girl thing to be obsessed with. Right. He's, he's you know, a tragic figure. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks like James Dean if you squint. Um, sure. And yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, Bill Withers' Lovely Day. That was our uh, song challenge for the car. So yes! How much of day you could get through um yes. yeah impossible he's a madman um yeah this is really beautiful so this this is the first i just checked there this is the first time it's been on a, on a playlist before um, oh my god and... nobody else has had taste <laughs> <laughs> they, scratch everything this is episode one <laughs> um yeah i this this is one of those uh, I've I've had quite a few songs that fit this brief before, but it's one of those songs where I'm glad it's on a playlist because I don't think I would consciously have sat down and listened to this song mm-hmm. if it wasn't for like you picking this because I know the song right. I've heard yeah. it so many times. It's it's everywhere. There's there's no point where I'm gonna be like, do you know what I'm gonna listen to now? I'm gonna listen to Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. That's a that's a like. <laughs> a deep cut you know um <laughs> but my god it's gorgeous uh, it's it, it's in, it's incredible like there's, there's there's so many there's so many little parts that, that like that really drew me in and it's just it's an incredible piece of work it's one of those songs that like you realize that became super popular and really connected with people for a reason um mm. as opposed to you know there's loads of songs that are really popular because you know again white people like them at a wedding or um it's like fairly non-offensive or mm. again they've chosen like a buzzword that uh uh like happy or mm. marry you um that fits but um yeah it's it's insanely beautiful i really really for whatever reason really connected with that sigh at the start of the song like uh. I, like instantly i was just like oh my okay i'm gonna i'm gonna feel something Um, yeah yeah and that guitar strung that like yeah kind of sounds like a mistake at first Uh where it's like and you're like 
Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. It's, uh, again, it has that kind of like gentle quality as well. And it's just like, mm. and his voice is just incredible. Yeah. And it doesn't get, it never gets too whaley for me. Because I feel right. like he was kind of right before that era of 90s man where they're like, everything, every vowel turns into an A where they're like, mm. Have yo, be into like it kind of. St- it could lean into like you could see where the inspo into that with Jeff, but he kind of keeps it real and right. again like doesn't overcomplicate. Even with his like vocals, he doesn't overcomplicate it. It still comes from his like speaking yeah. voice, which I think is what is so appealing and what makes it like just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right, song nine is a song you would sing at karaoke. So you've gone for It's All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion. Yeah, the queen. Um, a great song, big song, goes for seven and a half minutes. Um, yep. So people really have to sit down. You demand their attention. It's embarrassing when you wake up the next morning and you remember you did it at your friend's 30th, for example, when nobody asked for it. Um, <laughs> and... You're trying to okay. prove something that nobody cares about. It's a go-to because it's fun. <laughs> right. But also, if you... Oh, I hate that I picked this one. That's so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I sang it at my friend's 30th because I was maggoted. And I have right. this... Uh, I've, I've talked about singing a couple of times in this pod. I, just don't, I don't do it that much anymore. But when mm. I'm drunk... Yeah, and there's a like I avoid karaoke because a demon takes over me and I have something to prove, okay, and it sure. is yeah exactly it's the worst part of me it's my least favorite <laughs> quality right. yeah and I and this song is a fun song to sing it keeps going there's yeah. a key change like when do you have key changes in music anymore nobody modulates and yeah. it's uh and like and and the whole like and if you can yeah. see if you can look up clips on youtube the way she does this live is so funny she's a crazy lady she's she's um, oh, really? oh yeah yeah she has there's amazing interviews with her because she's also like from montreal so she's she's got that french canadian thing yeah and there's interviews with her where they're like when did you start singing and she was like like uh, siblings would all call out to me and they'd go, Selena. And I would sing back, Hello. And then they would run away. And it's just so funny. Um, and just, oh, yeah, she's a quirky girl. But yes, I think this right. is a, a go to karaoke song if uh, you're an idiot. It's hard to sing, Fair. especially when you <laughs> had a few sparklings. But people get into it. Yeah. I'm going back and forth on this. I either hate it or I love it. But yeah. I think ultimately I love it. And great to sing in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big Are you song. a Celine girl yourself? Uh, well, I uh, this 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 song has been featured um, many times. Uh, I say many times. So the, the max so far that I've had a song on has been three times. So this is the third time that I've had. Uh, it's all coming back to me now. Um, rightly so. so yeah uh so on when i when this 
uh, podcast blows up and becomes undeniable and I'm shipped out to Australia to organise a mixtape and identity karaoke evening uh, yes. it'll be you versus Michelle Brazier um, oh, on no. this particular song <laughs> I don't want to lose in front of people Shay. <laughs> I'll have to get drunk I'll have yeah. to <laughs> uh, that's so funny yeah actually that could be fun I've mm. seen Michelle do this song live actually Right. It's incredible. Man, yeah. I can't wait to embarrass myself yet again in front of my peers. <laughs> well, yeah, um and um yeah, I've got I've got another I've got an ep- episode yet to schedule which will be the fourth time that this song has been on. So uh, as of <laughs> that episode it will be officially the song of the Is it the podcast, always for so. karaoke or is it just like uh, all over the place? So Michelle picked it for karaoke uh jane watt was the when we picked it i think she picked it as a song from her preteen years yeah nice nice uh then you've picked it for karaoke and then the next one she picked it for karaoke as well so do you know if you had asked me to guess four people who picked this song i reckon i would have said all of us (laughs) i absolutely believe i would have picked all four of us there's no it's so incredible we are Yep, stereotypes. <laughs> Fucking theatre chicks. Can't get away from them. You know, a, a close second to this was Lady Marmalade. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, okay, speaking of theatre chicks, uh, song 10 is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So you we went for A Ring of Keys from Fun Home. Ah, yeah. I think I just listened to that... Uh, I think of like a park because I was, I was saying before how I listen in cars, I'll listen to whole albums. Um, and I like to listen to cast albums a lot for mm-hmm. musicals. Um, I don't, I used to, I went through a phase when I finished uni of just not listening to musicals at all because I was done with it because I, shockingly it grows old quite quickly. Um, <laughs> and if you commit to three years of study, just dissecting it it doesn't make you enjoy it anymore right um and so and then somebody it had been a few years since i'd properly listened to some music theater albums or music theater in general and somebody was like you got a like fun home is a, a great show um and it's also like about a queer butch woman mm-hmm. and i was like on broadway um <laughs> And so I listened to it and Ring of Keys, I was in a park, I was house sitting and I was walking this dog and I just kept like walking around this oval until I'd listened to the whole album. This poor fucking King Charles Cavalier that never walks for more than <laughs> half an hour was shook when we got home. But um, right. I just I just kept circling this oval in Richmond in Melbourne, just listening to the album and Ring of Keys like just got me so hard in the chest. And it was also when I was sort of starting to come out to people and stuff like that. And I found it hard to articulate because I hated that whole, or like no one was really asking this, but I was concerned of people asking like, when did you know? Or like right. that kind of stuff. And also being, being attracted to masculinity and stuff like that. And I think that that, like especially masculinity in women or people who aren't men. And I feel like Ring of Keys really captured it. And also because it's from a child's perspective. What the hell? How did, right. you know, 
get me right in the heartstrings. Speaking of songs that make you cry, <laughs> um, and it's just joyous. Yeah. Had you heard it before? Because you you would have had to listen to it. Uh, no, now, I forced so. you to. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, got in my head. It was pretty pretty full on. Um, but no, I'm no, I hadn't I hadn't heard of it before. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I think there's something about the um, I, 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 it's, I don't know, I don't know how to frame this. It's not for me necessarily. Like it's not my, it's not my journey. Um, totally. The uh, you know, the um, the the queer element of it, but I do find it very compelling, and um, the longing in the song and there's something about the her not having the words necessarily yeah. to describe how she's feeling that i don't i don't know what it was about that exactly but that just like i, I felt that really really hard the um the time she said like i feel and then stops yeah and then tries again i feel and it's just like like it's such a simple way to put that across yeah um and it sort of like similar to the whole like the Nick Cave way thing of like you know singing how you speak and like put it in simple terms, but um, yeah, the the the, the delivery of that I just thought was stunning. Um, and it's it's not something that like I connect with personally in that sense, but I just find it to be. I I just thought it was an incredible way to put that emotion across, and it's just yeah, yeah, um, I really liked it, yeah. And I think it's that thing as well where it's like I always appreciate when writers, if they have to write for four children, mm-hmm. don't dumb them down. Because I always think about when I was a kid yeah. and you'd see stuff where you're like, I'm 11. I understand the world. I saw 9-11, yeah. guys. Let's go. <laughs> Let's talk about death. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I should have done yeah. this whole playlist with music theater songs and force you to you know, listen. <laughs> do you know what? I I um I've I've considered like asking someone to do that in the, in the past or like it, you know trying to steer someone towards doing that. I had, yeah. I had Char- Charlie Lewin on not that long ago, and honestly, he was close. Um, <laughs> thinking about it. Um. So yeah. Um. Because yeah, I, I ge- genuinely I find that quite interesting. Um. Like. Yeah. Uh, Millie Holden's episode, her, like the majority of the ones that she picked were from movie soundtracks. And yeah. she's kind of apologetic about it, but actually, I was like, actually, this is really like, a really interesting take on this. Like, she wasn't doing it on mm. purpose, but it just so happened to be. Um, but yeah, I like, I, yeah, I would, we'll talk. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, song 11 is a song that reminds you of a specific person. Um, so you went for Special Two by Missy Higgins. Oh yeah, that just reminds me of my mom. I, it's just again, so much of this stuff uh, is is like car trips, just because we, I don't right. know, we just drove so much as kids. Or and maybe it's just from a child's perspective, you feel like you're in the car all the time. But like that, the sound <laughs> of white yeah. album in the car, we would just like fully sing it out, fully, and like, right. um, and special too is just like. I don't know. It's just such a nice song. And I, I always thought it was like about mm, like a breakup, but it, I've recently found out that it's actually about Missy Higgins wrote it about her sister. 
Yeah. Um, and I just thought that that was, I don't know, it makes it even more beautiful for me. And I also think that like The Sound of White is one of those albums. It's kind of like uh, Let Go, Avril Lavigne, where like, you know, you're obsessed with it when you're a kid or, or like uh, it, it, it skews feminine. So when you get older and you start like uh, you go through this phase where you try to squash anything like too feminine or stereotypical because you want to be different or you want to you want to be um, uh, considered as as much as like the the men or the other boys around you. This is kind of how I felt sometimes, especially sure. like in the early teen years. So I kind of rejected you know, things like Missy Higgins, Avril Lavigne, Britney and stuff like that. And then like coming into my twenties now, I, there was a phase where I was like, okay, I got to listen to something other than girly pop music (laughs) (laughs) or like girl singer songwriters. Um, Although I reject that. I love them, but yeah, special too. Great song, great album, sound of white and very, it's sort of iconic, like her Australian accent in songs and stuff like that is just so funny and so great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, an artist that I've like been introduced to through doing the show. Um, so obviously, like, never heard of her until well, until I started listening to anything that um, Sam Peterson was talking about. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so like I, I I hadn't heard of Missy Higgins before I started doing this podcast and start getting Australians on and I. Yeah, I th- it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic song, and uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah, I recently learned. I think it was, I think it might have been again Jane Watt who had the song on and said it was about uh, her sister, um, and yeah, there's just like another layer, of, like another, uh, another layer to it, for, um, as a result, because I think that's um, it's a relationship that's maybe not talked about a lot in music, and uh, it's it's quite interesting it just makes it a lot more authentic i think it's something that's really personal to her something that she really wanted to get across and yeah was able to put it out there and it's just yeah it's beautiful and she was so young when she wrote this as well like that's right yeah you know being like 29 now and Uh thinking about i think she was like 19 when this came out and you know scar took off um and yeah it's kind of like finding out that Kate Bush was 17 when she wrote Wuthering Heights and stuff like that. And right. you're like, man, changes yeah. your perspective on things. But it's funny. Yeah. I, I can't imagine from your perspective, listening to Missy Higgins without the phenomenon that was Missy Higgins in like the early 2000s here, because she really right. took over. Yeah. She was everywhere. Mm. That album was in every car. And especially people yeah. of my age, like that is such a... Uh, an introduction to singer songwriters and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it would be interesting to listen to her without the given circumstances. You know what mm. I mean? Like, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. coming to her now rather than being like her as. Because you would think, like, you know, when people sort of rise above their actual work because they're just like a person or a yeah, figure. Sure. That's yeah. where I feel like Missy, I might be wrong. Maybe some Australians will disagree with me, but that's where she's such an enigma. She is like Missy Higgins, but then to kind right. of just come to her just to listen to the song would be yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of a cool experience, I think. But that's great. I'm yeah. glad you liked it. I think she's, yeah. I think she's really great. Yeah. 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 Um, I think she's got a phenomenal voice and uh, yeah, the songs I've listened to of hers, like 
feel really genuine yeah. and authentic and um it's a really interesting style of songwriting and yeah the music's great so yeah yeah, yeah. she does an incredible cover of gautier's hearts a mess as well if you haven't checked that out it's amazing it's just her not. on a piano belting hearts it's great okay. hearts a mess yeah okay. anyway sorry i keep getting tangents <laughs> it's all good all good uh all right perfect song 12 is a song that motivates you so you went for money by Cardi. yeah <laughs> i mean yeah it's in the title it's cardi b it's yeah. a, the first song when i in lockdowns when i was getting into running i would have to start with that song on the playlist okay um and if i'm getting ready to go out if i'm getting geared up on the way to um shows i listened to it on, it was on my pump up playlist um before the comedy festival this year last year and i think you know for every year for the last since it's come out my money's all real it's just like it's good and she's funny fuck cardi b is so funny and doesn't take herself too seriously and i feel like that's like the mood that you want to set you know if you're pumping up you put it on you're like life is a joke let's do another day right (laughs) Yeah. Let's get some money so I can enjoy things. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck, the, I hate working. Because life is hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just want to have a bottle of wine for dinner. And unfortunately, that means I have to show up for my shift. Let's go, <laughs> Money Cardi B. <laughs> I think that's probably what she had in mind when she was writing the song. That's probably (laughs) what she was thinking of. Absolutely. She's like, how can I get this white girl to show up to her job at a cafe (laughs) so that she can have a glass of wine with pasta with her nine to five friends? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It'll get you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, song 13, then, is a song that somebody introduced you to. So so you've gone for Losing My Mind by Stephen Sondheim, but you've also said, or any other song by Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, that was, again, through studying musical theatre. When I, I thought I was a big music theatre nerd when I auditioned for the school that I went to. Um, and then I, it was that classic thing where I was big fish, small pond. I got there and I was like, I don't know, but fuck about shit. I don't know anything about musical theater. And there were people in there. Uh, my friend, Josh Gardner, another friend, Amberly Cull. Amberly Cull was an aficionado with Stephen Sondheim. And, Mm. um, yeah. And I think it was, it was Josh who sent me losing my mind and that just became a song that I absolutely fixated on. It is stunning. Right. You know, the common theme of this, and I'm sure it's been a theme across a lot of episodes, but yeah, that simplicity of lyrics is right. hardcore in that song. Yeah. And just like, and the heartbreak and the repetition. And that's just yeah. like what, and Sondheim writes so beautifully for women, which for his era, unheard of. <laughs> it was always just like yeah. yearning, being like, God, I'm such a, I'm 17 and I'll never be loved. Whereas he's like, no, 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 let's, uh, let me write a song about a six-year-old woman who knows her husband is in love with somebody else. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about it actually because so, I when Stephen Sondheim passed away, there was such an outpouring of emotion, um, about him and like because I I'm not massively into musical theater like it's not something I don't like it's just like I just don't know anything about it, mm. um, and I hadn't really heard much about him until he died and then everyone was like you know uh there was as i said there was such an outpouring um and i was i was struck by it at the time because i think i think i i see a lot when you know when when like a famous artist passes away or like a an influential person dies i find i might be very cynical here but i find a lot of the uh emotion around it to be quite performative especially yeah. on social media you know people are like yeah no i i absolutely love this person and they changed my life and you're like did did you or did you just know their one song and you just want to seem like you're cool but 100%. the the stuff around stephen sondheim seemed like a, 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 any person i saw talking about him seemed like super genuine about it um but i was like it, it it's made me curious i was wondering if you could speak to it a little bit but um is is there something in particular about his his music or his writing that really connected with people is it like is it the emotive side of things is it the momentum in the songwriting is it the like musically what is it about his his actual writing that people connected with so much i think um i think his breadth of work is so dynamic like i think right. it's so diverse he has you know he's got sweeney todd which is a musical about a guy who kills people and then turns them into pies. Um, and then he's right. got Into the Woods, which is a, a fairy tale gone wrong. You've got, then you have a show like Company, which on paper sounds like, how is that going to fly? Um, that's with songs like Being Alive and Ladies Who Lunch, um, where he just interviewed married couples and like talked to them and then just wrote a show about a guy who's, and and pro- I think my favorite one uh, where a, a single guy later in life who's sort of at that stage where he's like, well, I should be coupled up. I should be married. Sure. Um, but what is, what is marriage? What is a coupling? What is partnership and what does it do? And that is mm. what the show is un- uncovering is like, why sure. do okay. we find, why are we like monogamous? Why do we find these people? What is it all for? Uh-huh. Um, but I also think it comes down to his technique. He always writes lyrics first. Um, the only other times he's had to write was when he collaborated um, with Bernstein um, and when he wrote Gypsy as well. They it, and, and you know, Bernstein wrote uh, West Side Story and stuff like that. And it's so funny because some of his – when he died, a lot of the, like, in memoriam stuff they would sing somewhere from – West Side Story, which is a song that he hated. He wrote it when he was like <laughs> 27. He didn't want to do the flowery language. He didn't want it to be so poetic. He was like, no like 16, 17 year olds are singing these lyrics. Like, why would it? But Bernstein wanted it to be beautiful and like sweep you off right. your feet and all this kind of stuff. So I found it quite funny that in all these like in memoriams, they're all singing the song that he's like least proud of because right, it's sure. flowery and stuff. Um, but yeah, his technique, he always wrote lyrics first. So I think that that is, comes back to what we were saying before, where it's like people are singing the way that they 
speak. Um, right. And he used to write lying down. So especially if he was writing uh, newer stuff and workshopping stuff, he would always write. He had a special couch and he would write in this special gray lead pencil that he liked and then he would fall asleep and he would let uh-huh. himself sleep and he would have a nap and then he would wake up because his dreams would also inform some of the music and sometimes oh, wow. he would hear the music and the lyrics in his work in dreams and stuff like that. So I think that that's like Jesus. probably what makes it really work and connect with people. Some people yeah. hate him because he's a busy he's a busy bot on his fucking piano. Right, okay. <laughs> that's the technical phrase. Yeah, okay. Busy bot on his fucking piano. Busy yeah, bot. I think I I did see some people saying that at the time, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right cool cool love him um all right song 14 is a song that you wouldn't expect to like so you went for welcome to the black parade by my chemical romance yeah a late in life discovery long after it came out uh mm. i was never into that kind of like emo pop punk thing at all but sure. this song gets me yeah it's a. Uh, great alex Leahy does a good cover of it um i just think it's so far it's well it's probably just because it's super theatrical hey like it's yeah. great get the blood yeah. pumping and i just yeah i wouldn't i don't think i was drawn to it at the time but now i listen to it a fair bit yeah yeah i i feel very emotional listening to this song i um yeah i so I'm the same as you. I did, I wasn't into this uh, genre of music, and I was probably like, I, I was very up my own ass about my music when I was um, a teenager. And honestly, the kind of stuff I was listening to probably wasn't a million miles away from my Chemical Romance. Um, there's, mm. you know, uh, it's the the stuff I was listening to was more similar than it was different, basically. But for whatever reason, just didn't really connect with it. Didn't really like it. Um, so yeah, it sort of passed me by my wife it's her favorite band um from from that era so um so yes she she does play them quite a lot yeah and uh she went to see them a couple years ago um recently enough uh and like i had had the best time but the reason that it like makes me emotional is is kind of because of how much she likes it um but one it's it's just a big song right and i'm a sucker for for big songs um i i the two things that make me cry the most are um the uh the end of uh love story by taylor swift um, oh yes key change and the uh the final scene in uh school of rock <laughs> they're just like, oh, and those aren't so good right but those i don't know if those are particularly emotive but they're just big and they just make me feel things this is kind of similar it's just it's a very big theatrical song and Mm. uh yeah i feel very like it sort of gets me from that point of view but what i got really emotional about thinking about recently was like the the nostalgic element of it for people who are seeing them now later in life because that that line um will carry on Mm. that like just like the thought of someone I mean, like a lot of emos. I don't mean that derogatory, but I just felt derogatory when I said it. Um, A lot of emos when they're when uh, (laughs) would have probably used like Mind Chemical Romance or this kind of song to help them get through like grief and difficult times in their teenage years, and then like just the thought of uh, like a bunch of them in their thirties 
go into a gig and getting to scream that like as adults yeah uh, yeah I, just that thought got me like very emotional listening to this but um yeah, yeah. it's it, it is a great song it's just it's it's very big and theatrical and it's yeah it's a lot of fun I think you're right when something's so big and so unapologetically huge as well it's like you can't help oh, but yeah. be like compelled as well because you're just like man you're really yeah. going for it especially when it's emotional yeah. and yeah, yeah i think that there is that thing as well where you're like you think of when you think of your younger self or when you think of like other people coming through it's kind of like when you see oh, this is actually maybe it's not like this at all but whenever i see like old people at pride parades i'm always like oh oh my god what? yeah I think, I think I similar. yeah exactly exactly yeah. yeah yeah um yeah absolutely actually now i think it maybe isn't the same but um it's <laughs> yeah it, um, but you're like but i know what man, you mean yeah yeah you I'm think of them in I'm their past board. you're like yeah absolutely yeah. you're like oh you made it here and you're here yes. now when it's a big yes. celebration but before yes. it was something cathartic it meant something different to you do you know what maybe it's the the similarities like they're with their people right yeah like they're no longer misunderstood and having to like hide this part of them Mm. uh (laughs) this isn't the same thing (laughs) i i realize i'm comparing people who are like closeted and forced (laughs) to be closeted in like the 80s and the 70s to (laughs) people who are embarrassed to say that they've like they've grown their hair out they've grown their fringe out because they listened to my chemical romance no it's exactly the same it's the same okay good you say it you're the comedian you've got the sense of irony yeah 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 Yeah. god right we're moving on from that before i make any other comparisons right song 15 (laughs) song 15 is a song i think everyone should listen to so you have gone for nothing matters by the last dinner party yeah man i just think it's such a great song it's got a little bit it's got a little kate bushiness to it um but it still has that kind of like uh kind of girl rock feel god that that sounds kind of derogatory when you say girl rock but to me that's a positive but i understand that the the tone of that anyway but it's like uh it's it's super catchy feels very like again theatrical theatrical and kind of cathartic and like mm-hmm. i just love it i love it and um yeah. and i think it's like it feels like a very post-pandemic song where it's like nothing really matters and like like you know i feel like we the curtain of the world was pulled back too far and now we're like what is capitalism <laughs> 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 like we saw the man yeah. behind the curtain and we've been told to just keep working in in emerald city and we're like yeah we know the wizard's fate <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. and i feel like this song kind of perfectly encapsulates it and they've just uh they've released a new song i think they're from the uk it's a newer discovery for me yes. um but they also released a song called sinner which is also yes. great and i just i'm like wow this is the beginning you know when you're like it's like the first time i listened to mitski or something like that i was like oh mm. i'm about to become a fan right like yeah, yeah. that's how it feels yeah. with the last dinner party yeah absolutely i i was so glad to see this song on a, on a playlist because i so i have um i i don't think it's a feature in australia but the ai dj on spotify 
Oh yeah, I've heard of that. I've I, well, right. we haven't got it yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know what that's about. I don't know why like they've just given it to some portion of the of the world. Um, <laughs> but I look, I morally I find Spotify reprehensible. Uh, not a good thing to say because I've basically built a brand around it. Um, but I uh, it's just a it's just a good product and the ai dj is really good and it served me up this song like about a month ago i think um maybe shortly after it came out and i I was instantly in love with it i just thought it was really interesting and again like the simplicity of the lyric but just like that sort of a, a different sort of uh take on uh sex and love and relationships that i think I don't think I've not heard a song that covers that similar kind of energy before. Um, super catchy, super fun. I love the vocal. I've seen a lot of comparisons to ABBA, and I think they've really leaned into that as well. They're a big fan yes. of that comparison. Yes. Um. So yeah, I just yeah, it's it's a great song, and I was again really happy to have it on a playlist because when I'm in the midst, when I'm busy with playlists, it's all I listen to. So yeah. having a song like this that I'm just like completely in love with is a is a great way to finish off a playlist and it's just so uh, yeah and i think you're right like it, it does that that abba thing as well i saw a tweet today that was like Ab- abba's music which is like everyone dancing and it's like abba's lyrics it's like i'm going through a divorce i don't really understand yeah. the concept of life like it's that yes and i and also i think that the the name of the band being like the last dinner party just like it all mm. it's all pretty perfect and it, it feels yeah. like um one of those, and I feel like that sounds like you, and a few people that I've spoken to when they listen to that song and they listen to Sinner as well, it's like, man, did somebody just like, it feels like they're a real band of real people, but it does feel like someone AI generated a band and a song based on my exact interests and my <laughs> taste and came up with this. And I was like, perfect, done. That's my, yeah. I think so far, I mean, time will tell, but I think that's my, that and Black Britney are my, two songs of the year like just up there yeah so far and it's nice and it's also just because i yeah that's the positives of radio and ai djs and like even just the curated plays like i switched to apple music because um neil told me me to no no i regret it though i'll tell you that much if i could go back (laughs) i would Apple Music is not user friendly. You heard it here first, and it took a long time for me to teach it my taste. Whereas right. the playlist that would just get made for me, or like stuff with Spotify, is so mm-hmm. easy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that that's the kind of stuff you want to. I mean, of all the evil things in the world, at least they get they suggest us songs that we know we're, that we're gonna <laughs> like. Yeah. If that's the silver lining, okay, we'll take that yeah, for now. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, that's a, a, a thoroughly depressing note to end on. Um, oh, no. We're, and also, keep dancing. <laughs> Never forget who you are. Chase your dreams. Anything's possible. Good. Much better. There we go. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, do you have anything you want to plug or promote while I have you, Jordan? Um... No, I don't think I have anything coming up. If you want to listen to I have a podcast called Sex and the Sex in the Sex, which is a Sex and the City podcast where we review 
we watch and review episodes of Sex and the City. I've never seen Sex and the City before, so I'm watching the episodes for the first time, whereas my Great. co-hosts have seen every single one multiple times. So it's fun. And um, it's very stupid. It's usually poor quality and released sporadically, which is exactly what people want in a podcast. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Shane. And that is it for episode 68 of Mixtape and Identity. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, go and check out Sex and the Sex and the Sex. It's a great podcast. Uh, Jordan is brilliant and uh, her co-hosts on that are hysterical as well. So it's it's a great combo. Um, I've also got links to the uh, Jordan socials on, in the description of the podcast and uh, a link where you can sign up to her mailing list and see where any future shows are coming up as well. So check that out. If you like this show and you want to support it, a couple of different ways you can do that. If you're in a position to support us financially, we do have a coffee link set up. So if you want to throw a couple of quid or a couple of bucks for an episode that you've enjoyed, uh, you can you can do that in the coffee link in the description of the podcast. If you're not in a position to do that, all the other good stuff, like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, share it on the socials, uh, engage with the content, all that good stuff. It helps. Uh, it helps grow the show, get bigger and better guests everybody wins um i'll be back next week for episode 69 nice uh so in the meantime look after yourselves i'm gonna speak to you then